Welcome to 10 Bestest, where we sift through the noise so you don't have to. Each week we share our 10 favorite things of the moment. Anything goes. Hello, welcome to 10 Bestest. I'm Karen McFarlane Holman. And I'm Brian Hart. We have an amazing show for you. You're going to be blown away. Whoa, you are really raising the bar. <laughs> Starting to stress me out and rethink my sheets. Well, I get to go. Yeah, yeah. you better quick, like, while I'm doing mine, you can run and redo yours. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. I got two minutes. <laughs> yep, that's right, because I'm going to start right away. My Cool Sheet is an initiative, a global initiative, and this is called Countdown. Countdown is this global initiative that's a collaboration between TED and Future Stewards. They are joined by a huge number of other organizations who are actively inviting even more. Every organization, company, city, nation, and citizens everywhere are all invited to collaborate with Countdown and take action on climate. That is what this is all about. So they state that this is a movement that's open to everyone and that everyone has a vital role to play. So even if you have that feeling like you're an individual, what can I do? This is for you. Everyone involved has committed to a mission, which is to accelerate and champion solutions to the climate crisis by turning ideas into action. And to that end, the goal of Countdown is to improve our future on Earth by cutting greenhouse emissions in half by the year 2030. So if you are interested in learning more about Countdown, you can start out by watching a live launch of it that was streamed on October 30th, 2021 on the TED stage. It's so amazing. And it's got some heavy hitters, such as a welcome message by Al Gore to kick off the event. Mark Ruffalo, the actor who plays Hulk in Marvel movies was there. He was introducing some of the speakers. And Joaquin Phoenix was talking about veganism. However, my favorite speakers were people I had never heard of. There were two youth who laid out their demands for political decisions moving forward. There was Vishen Chakrabarty talking about architectural plans to house the 11 billion people who will be living on Earth by the year 2100. There was investment expert Neely Gilbert talking about the economics of going to net zero carbon emissions. Author Solomon Goldstein Rose giving us a reality check on switching away from fossil fuels and so many more. Check out Countdown. Yeah, this is cool. So, of course, since it's a TED thing, yes. it was kind of on my radar, but mm -hmm. not as much. So I'm really glad that you shared yeah, this yeah. because I'd learned a lot and how much more I want to check it out. But I did see this video and I was wondering if you were going to talk mm -hmm. about it. The one that caught a lot of buzz was one of the child activists that when the panel started, they all got to stage and she really went off on this big business guy. I don't know where he works for, but it's definitely someone that's contributing to a lot of climate mm -hmm. change. And she was like, you are a monster. You are responsible for millions of deaths. I will not share the stage with you. I am out of here. I mean, it was much more bigger, much more profound. And I was like, whoa. And then she left. And it's always interesting when something like that happens of mm -hmm. people's reaction and yeah. the, you know what they talk about afterwards because a lot of people, oh, how can you get change done when you just refuse to talk and you walk out? And I'm like, no, this was a statement 
and Powerful. the action of leaving this person and not talking to them because they had nothing to say to them. That was the moment. That was the statement. Mm -hmm. That was more powerful than this hour-long conversation could have been where they say oh, yeah. the right things and, oh, we're going to do better. They're like, no, you're not going to do better. You're a liar. You're a murderer. I'm out of here. I'll never sit with you. Like, it made, a, it made an impact to me, for sure. Yes, for sure. And, and it gets people talking. That she was so articulate in why. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just like a hissy fit and nope. then leaving. It was yeah. all boom, boom, boom. These are my reasons. These are my beliefs. These are my values. You are not sharing my values. And absolutely. So there's so much. So that's one of them. There's, they, they really did edit down. This one that I'm referring to mm. is, is edited. So you're not going to see. That's not there as far as I recall, but th there are a lot of videos, there are a lot of initiatives that if you just go to the website, you will see all these different things you can do and how to become involved. Yeah. So I'm teaching, a, yeah, I'm gonna be teaching a course on renewable energy in the spring, and so I'm gonna oh, see cool. if my students want to become involved in this. Oh, great. And see how we can do it, because these are things where you can bring in your organization, you can bring your business, they're also allowing businesses to not have to pay for the business license, mm. individuals, anyone, anyone. They want everyone, anyone, to be able to make an impact. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, I'll definitely check out our show notes for that. Yeah. And get some more info on those videos. Yes, so go to 10bestest.com slash countdown if you want to read more about countdown or anything else that we're talking about this week. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to be talking about another, another nonprofit that's related to the last couple weeks, but it's because they're so important. This nonprofit is called the Ocean Conservancy. Um, it is also a part of Team Seas. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about Team Seas. So definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, so our ocean faces many threats like the onslaught of trash, overfishing, um, acidification, and the Ocean Conservancy is developing initiative solutions to save our ocean. For over 40 years, they've worked on vital projects about the ecosystem to defend leg uh, critical legislation, enforce accountability of leaders and legislators, and rally the world's large largest effort to remove trash from beaches. Because a healthy ocean means a healthy planet. So one of their goals is to end the flow of plastic into the ocean by 2030. Now this is a staggering thing. Over 8 million metric tons per year of plastic is put into the ocean. Now that seems like a number that you can't even fathom. But when she talked about it this way, one garbage truck full of plastic per minute, every single minute of the year, is dumped into the ocean like visualizing that really hit home and I was like oh my gosh this is insane how can we fix it so they've been since 1986 they've collected 400 or 342 million pounds of trash and they've had over 17 million volunteers help them uh, their CEO is Janice uh, Sirlis Jones uh, she's a woman so that's awesome and she's from Portland which is our sister city very cool uh, they have more programs. They have confronting climate change. They have government relations where they uh, bring this to Congress and help them uh, pass legislation. They have protecting Florida, protecting the Arctic. They have uh, smart ocean planning, which helps coastal communities thrive and have better sustainability practice. They have sustainable fisheries. They're just so great. They're doing so many things. Ocean Conservancy. I'm so glad you're talking about this because... The oceans have so many issues with them. Yeah. There's, I, there's the plastic, 
But there yep. is, as you said, there's the acidification. There's <clears throat> so many pollution things, and <clears throat> and it impacts us greatly. I mean, and and the fish and all the creatures living in it. So we need all of these different organizations doing different things. Yes, exactly. And I like the fact that they're doing so many different things. So if one speaks to you more than another, maybe you can learn more, go to their website, learn more mm -hmm. about it, yeah. how you can help. You know, you're like, ah, I don't really want to pick up trash in the in the beach, but maybe I want to, I mean, I have some extra money this the end of the year and it's a tax write-off. Maybe I'll donate in this program yeah. for yeah. them. Right. Anything like that. You know, there's tons of things you can do. Maybe you don't want to donate money. You don't have money to donate. I don't have a lot of extra money, but maybe you want to do a trash pickup. Maybe you want to help organize it. How do they do it? How do, you know, and organize yeah. in your local area or go somewhere. There's so many things that you can do, yeah. Right. And they're doing so many different things. It's really, it's really cool. It's just and, uh, a really cool company. I gotta say the visual that I had when yeah. you were talking about that one minute, like I was just envisioning this lineup of garbage trucks, yeah. dump, and then it moves away and the next one dump yeah, every minute. And I'm just feeling sick to my stomach thinking about that. I know. Oh. It is It is definitely, and and this is part of their work too, right? Is just telling that story. Yes, because when you think of eight metric tons, I don't even know what that means mm -hmm. or what that looks like, but I can definitely visualize yes. a garbage truck, like you oh. said, backing up to just backing up to the ocean and yeah. dump and then the next one and yeah. for affinity. Yeah. Like that's oh. so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank goodness there's <sighs> companies like this that are helping. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. You're for very sharing welcome. That. <laughs> My cool sheet is an article. Oh, I love this article. In episode 211, I talked about the amazing and the inspirational ultra runner, Courtney DeWalter, who is very well known in runner circles. Today, I'm gonna tell you about a runner who's also well known, but in different running circles, and actually probably more famous than Courtney because of her ongoing coverage in regular media. I'm telling you about the incredible runner, Julia Hurricane Hawkins. Julia just became the first female track and field athlete in the 105 plus age bracket to clock a time in the 100 meter dash. She made this achievement at the 2021 Louisiana Senior Games, which took place recently at a university track complex in Hammond, Louisiana. Hawkins crossed the finish line in one minute, two seconds and 95 fractions of a second, which is amazing. But unfortunately, this was a slightly slower time than she had hoped for. She'd wanted to run it in less than a minute with good reason. Julia's, or should I say Hurricane's goal to finish under a minute was great, but she qualified to participate in the National Senior Games. She's still not sure if she's gonna do it, but she is thinking about it. This isn't anything new for Hurricane. She has a long history of competing in the National Senior Games, starting with cycling beginning at the age of 80. She has won several gold medals in four national competitions, and eventually she stopped the cycling, but not for health reasons. Rather, she lost interest in competing in the cycling. She was saying, ah, there wasn't anyone left in my age bracket to compete with. So when she turned 100, it inspired her to take up running and set a record in the 100 meter race. Along with setting goals for breaking records, she sets her own goals for herself. And she has this lovely quote, 
I love to run and I love being an inspiration to others. And I want to keep running as long as I can. And my message to others is that you have to stay active if you want to be healthy and happy as you age. So check out this article, a 105 year old runner created a new age racket for the 100 meter race. Oh my gosh, she sounds so cool. Yes. Go Hurricane. Yes, I exactly. This. And oh I, I do have a fun fact with this. Yeah. She's the grandmother of a coworker of mine. Whoa. Cooper Battle is another chemistry professor at Willamette Whoa, University. That is and so it's cool. his grandma. Oh my gosh. And that that's how I found amazing. out about it. Well, yeah. What a find. I know. Because she sounds amazing. And was such an inspiration. You know, I've been battling injuries myself in the last few years and I haven't run like I used to and it's you know you get out of that mode or you get you know down on yourself and you're like ah and uh, I still bike to work every day and I do other things but I really want to be running and I'm like ah maybe I'm just not going to be a runner anymore but then I listen to this and I'm like no I can still do it I just need to take a little care of my body check a few things out and then get back on there and do it because it does bring me so much joy and and it's so much fun and such good and exercise. And so satisfying. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Hurricane. You have inspired me yes, to keep you. going. I love this so much. Uh-huh. Oh, so cool. Thank you for You're sharing welcome. that. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be talking about a website. And this website is called Marine Traffic. This is a website that I never thought I would be interested in, but it was on one of my favorite newsletters, Recommendo, and it shared this and I checked it out on a fluke and I was instantly mesmerized. So marine traffic is the world's leading provider of ship tracking and uh, marine uh, maritime intelligence. Uh, they are dedicated to making actionable information easy and accessible. They monitor vessel movements and is the core of what they do. They're building a base of data gathered from a network of coastal AIS receiving stations supplemented by satellite receivers. They apply algorithms and integrate complementary data sources to provide the shipping trade logistics uh, industries and actionable insights into shipping activity. So. Uh, this has been, uh, there have been some shipping problems lately. Of course, there was the boat that got stuck in the Suez Canal. If you didn't know about that, it was, it was a big mess. Also, COVID implications um, on shipping goods around the world has been had a big impact. So we're not getting packages. And so I have been um, a little more interested in shipping and just where we get our things from where. So this website is this map of the world and all these little tiny boat icons of different colors uh, just everywhere. Like it is mind blowing how many ships or how many vessels are in the water right now. Shipping vessels, cargo vessels. And when you click on each one, you get more information of what they are. And even, sometimes you even get a picture of what the vessel looks like, like the name of it and uh, what it looks like. It is so cool. So I just love like clicking on all of these and watching them all over. Like I said, on uh, the American coast, on the Pacific coast, where we're at, on the East coast, near China, in the canals, in the Suez Canal, in the Panama Canal, and the bottleneck that's happening in there. It's just something, like I said, I never thought I'd like it, but I love it. It's marine traffic. 
I'm gonna love this. So do you remember my cool sheet when I talked about airplane? It was similar, but oh, with Oh yes, um, I do airlines. now. You've said that, yeah. And I enjoy that one, but this one, I think this one gives more information. Like clicking on and seeing what the boat like how big the boat is, yeah, what type it is. What kind of and then that. yeah, because I don't even know classifications of shipping vessels oh, no, and yeah. things like that. Like yeah, so it's interesting because uh, for me, unknown. You know, like the flight, mm -hmm. the flight patterns is interesting because I've been on a plane yeah. and I like that. So I want to yeah. know more about it. Or this is the opposite. I know right. nothing about right. shipping cargo <laughs> vessels, but I want to know more about it. Yeah. So, I, And I didn't even know that I wanted to know more about it until I found this website. Right. So. Well, and it sounds surprising. I need to check it out. It yeah. sounds surprising, like just how many there are. Yeah, it going. is. It is. It's mind blowing. And then you kind of, it really hits home of like, wow, this is how all this stuff gets to us. Yes. This is why there's problems. Yes. This is why there's a bottleneck here because yeah. look at that map right now. Mm -hmm. um, oh, isn't it interesting that this place doesn't have a lot of action and this does and why would that be? Yeah. Is it weather? Is it a storm? Is it something else? Like it's right. just, it's so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> My Cool Sheet is a podcast episode. This is called Mixtape Cassetternet, and it's from Radiolab. Radiolab was a cool sheet way back in episode 23. Talk about vintage, vintage 10 bestest, which is fitting because this episode dives into a beautifully vintage topic. I love vintage. It is an awesome set of vignettes, which began back in the 1970s with Simon Goodwin. He was a British computer programmer. And in this fascinating discussion with Simon, one of the things that we are reminded of is how rare computers were back then. Almost no one had a computer at home, even once you get into the early 1980s. And even computers and businesses were pretty rare. They were more common at universities or government institutions and people's perceptions of computers were that they were just these massive brains doing numerical calculations, not realizing everything else that they could do or would be able to do in the future. Anyway, as the story goes, Simon Goodwin had an idea back in 1983, which was whether it would be possible to broadcast computer software over the radio. So this is a really cool combination of computer programming, software, and radio, which I love. And at that point in his life, he would gather together other computer programmers and they would meet kind of like in meetups, they'd go to a coffee shop or something, I imagine. And they were all talking about what are the programs that they wrote that week and how could they share them with each other. So it was really all about sharing at that point. And he was imagining that if there was a way to do this, if there was a way to broadcast the computer program over the air, people could then record the programs off of the radio onto cassette tapes and then they could use them their, themselves and have this sharing going on rather than handing them off in person. This episode goes on in depth in how it ties in with early stages of the internet and early stages of the mixtape and so much more you can't even imagine. I don't have time to go into. So check out this episode of Radio Lab about the mixtape. Oh, this is so cool. So, um, yeah, for a second I was like, wait, where is he talking about mixtapes at all? Yeah. So this is the thing is that Radiolab has this uh, four-part series yes. called Mixtape. Okay. 
And so this ties in with mixtape, but also they call it cassetternet because it's this idea of the cassette tape being the precursor to the internet of oh, sorts. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Oh my gosh. It go. I mean, it goes into the fall of the Iron Curtain. Wow. It goes into the Shah of Iran back in the 70s and 80s. Like, oh, I mean, you can't. In this one episode. In this one episode. Wow. That's a great thing about Radio Lab. Oh, it's such Radio a, Lab. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I actually haven't been listening to Radio Lab as much as I used to. And you know, they changed, um, Robert retired and they got a few new hosts, mm -hmm. which is actually really good, yeah. I think. Um, but um, towards the end of Robert's retirement, I was, it was shifting already and it wasn't striking me as much as mm. it used to. And plus just podcast overload and all yeah, of these things. Uh, I stopped listening to it for a long time. In fact, my podcast queue is so full oh, that no. new podcasts don't even come <gasps> up anymore. Like uh, even the ones that I have automatically downloaded, yeah, but yeah. I went through a little binge. I listened to a whole bunch and then this one popped up actually like two days before I saw it on the notes. Oh, So because it's the newest radio lab, yeah, I get yeah. all the notifications right. for radio lab. And I, I started listening to it this morning and then I was like, I should probably actually do my own cool sheet notes. Um, so I didn't listen to it, but I'm glad that you gave me a summary because yes. now oh my gosh. I also saw it was a part of a series and there was that part of my brain was mm. like, well, I better listen to one first because my head might explode if I listen to three before one and two and you know, not in this, order. This one is a standalone. Uh, right. I, know, I realize they are, but my brain's not wired that way. Yeah. Oh, so this like, one I have is to go so to good. It's so good. Yeah. I just need to listen to all of them, but yes, I can't true. wait for this one. Yes. True. And I noticed that we have, even though Radio Lab itself has been a cool sheet, we have also on occasion, uh, I think you usually, but also we've had guests who have talked about Radio Lab episodes. Oh, yeah. For that sure. have been cool sheets. It's one of my so. favorite things is just like, yeah. you know, there's this whole thing that's really good. But yeah, sometimes a singular episode can yeah. really uh. just change your life. So yeah, I love yes. talking about that kind of stuff. I always want to do it more. And then yeah. it's like, but which one? Which one would I pick? I don't know. I know. This one. Oh, and it talks about away. piracy. Oh, yeah. And these two oh, guys. My gosh, oh, so there's cool. so much. I can't even. Yeah. Ah, that's great. Yeah. Well, thank so, you so much for sharing yes. that. All right. I'm going to be talking about this um, article, but it's more of kind of our love for words because I know, Karen, you share this with me. You've especially talked about all kinds of different word cool sheets. Um, and this is 20 words uh, Merriam-Webster is adding to the dictionary in 2021. So again, we love words. <laughs> and some people though, they get a little uptight when it comes to this subject about adding words into the English dictionary. And um, admittedly, I've done that before when literally didn't mean literally anymore. When they changed the definition, that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, but I'm trying to like be a little more zen, be okay with it. Um, but most of the time, because most of the time I do love it. Um, and because um, it, it kind of gives you an interesting snapshot of the previous year. So something that uh, has never existed before, it could be a new word like this air fryer that was added into this dictionary this year. So I feel like that's interesting. Then also slang terms like, am I right? So A-M-I-R-I-T-E. 
Am I right? Uh, it's used all the time in social media and text messages by younger people. I love stuff like that. Um, words that haven't been, they've been used for a long time, but never made it into the dictionary before, like AstroTurf was just now introduced this year. I've been saying AstroTurf forever because I've been a big football fan and they use AstroTurf. It's that fake field in a football game, um, not just American football, but all kinds of different sports. Um, there's surprising ones like, uh, of course, oh, and virus related, so breakthrough. Now that isn't a new word by any means, but they added the, when it's used in the medical sense, uh, super spreader. Another one, vaccine passport. A lot of these are really triggering for people. Sorry about that. Um, words I've never heard of like copy pasta. <laughs> Um, there's other words like um, atku, uh, oblek, um, funny ones like dad bod, digital nomad, doorbell, camera, fohawk, which some some actually have, fluffer, nutter, um, which is not dirty, it's a food thing. <laughs> there's all different kinds of things. There's so many good ones. Definitely check out this article and just enjoy all these new words that we have. This is the article, 20 words Merriam-Webster is adding to the dictionary in 2021. <laughs> Fun fact, one of the words, I'm not going to say which one, uh -huh. I'm is a future cool sheet of mine. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Oh, you better hurry up because I might grab it accidentally. You're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, well. well, I feel confident you're not. Okay. We'll see. Maybe now that will be the challenge. one. That will be the one where we both come in we the same cool sheet. We finally do it. Yeah. So, okay. We are now in episode, I don't know, 217, yeah. which means we have done 2,170 cool sheets at, at this least, point. Yeah. And we still have yet to both of us come in with the, at the same, same time. cool sheet at the yeah. same time. We have duplicated. <laughs> we, have we have duplicated our own. We have duplicated <laughs> each other's. <laughs> past guests, all of that. Not often, <laughs> Not but it often. is funny when it does happen. It, it does. Yeah. I mean, after a certain point, well, anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're but, just going to start from one and go right. back. <laughs> so yeah, cause, so it could happen. It, it could, could happen. happen. It could. It's harder now because we actually, uh, once we got on YouTube, we do see each other's notes. So yes. I guess we could see it and then not do it. Or maybe we just do it anyway. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how, how I got to say, yeah. I mean, I always choose mine before I see yours. Yeah. And I think I would just do it. I there think it would go. be fun. All right. And just see yeah. how we... Different take would be inter super mm -hmm, interesting for sure. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I love words. Yeah. So I, I knew you would it. like this one, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. And what do you feel about when they add words to the dictionary? Is that is that one of those things that you're... Like, especially the slang words and things like that. Like dad bod is now on there and am I right, which is an ungrammatically spelled word. Right. I mean, does that bug you or do you like it or how... I mean, As a word lover. I feel like if it's a word and it's used, then bring it in. Right. Like, I don't, cool. it doesn't That's bother cool. me. Um, am I, I'm surprised. Am I right? Yeah. Like, am I, yeah. Because why do we need it there? But, eh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what about literally when that one changed? Because that one did bother me. <laughs> you know what? So, literally didn't mean literally anymore. I, and they changed it to mean figuratively or as like, or, or non-literally. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, now we're kind of a problem because it's the opposite meaning and now it's okay. And then that's super confusing. I get, but. so I get really <laughs> excited when I'm able to use literally in a sentence correctly. Yeah. I like, right. uh, like, woohoo. Well, now you can use it for I whatever you want, for apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You're always using it correctly. It can mean peanut butter next year. Right. Who knows? 
Uh, yeah, but take home as I'm okay with it. Um, I do wonder, like, what about, like, WTF or whatever? Oh, they did have some, like, T TBH and uh, another acronym. They did it. So, to oh. be honest, there were two that made it this year. Interesting. That were acronyms, yeah. So For maybe... the win. FTW oh. was mm -hmm. the other one. Okay. They, they, they had. Now, there was, like, over 200 words, and this article is just highlighting mm, 20. Gotcha. So, gotcha. could be more. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. My cool sheet is related to food science. I've been doing some food science ones lately, and this time I'm talking about maple syrup. I have recently started using pure maple syrup as a sweetener, way more than I ever have. And the more I learn about it, the more I love. First off, natural product, no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives for the win. <laughs> Moreover, it has nutrients beyond what you find in many other sweeteners. I had no idea about these nutrients that maple syrup has. It's rich in the mineral manganese, which is necessary for healthy bones and connective tissue. It's also rich in riboflavin, which helps reduce fatigue. It's also a source of copper, which is important in healthy connective tissue, the nervous and immune systems, and hair color and skin pigmentation. Along with all this goodness though, it's an amazing process of how maple syrup is collected and made. It's not made because it's natural, but all of this, I just love this. So first off, just wanna remind you if you didn't know, most maple syrup comes from Quebec, Canada. That climate is perfect for the maple trees and the sap. In the summer, the maple tree produces sugar through the process of photosynthesis. The sugar powers the tree's cellular respiration and promotes its growth. Then in the spring, this is when the magic happens, the alternating nighttime frost and daytime thaw promotes the flow of sap through the maple tree. During the cold night, the branches freeze, and this causes the gases in the fibers to contract. So the gases would be like oxygen and carbon dioxide. The sap also freezes, but unlike the gas, it expands because water, when it is frozen, is less dense than when it's a liquid. So all night long, the water absorbed by the roots rises up through the tree, soaking up the sugar reserves as it goes. And when the daytime comes, the air warms and thaws the tree's branches, the heat liquefies the sap, and then the gas in the tree's fibers begin to expand and this causes pressure that pushes the sweetened sap out of the tree trunk. And then we can collect it, we boil it, and ta-da, you have maple syrup. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I did not even know anything about this until I saw it. It's a, a, a maybe it's alive or it was Brad from Bon Appetit oh, did a video on it. Cool. I mean, because they Former were so, yes, and they were taking maybe so they did this. Is this talk about this? Like they that are literally like almost like a spigot, literally, yeah, <laughs> like literally the literal way, literally <laughs> like putting a spigot into a tree and it just like bloop and then they collect it in a bucket. And that's how they, like it looked like a cartoon. Like the, it, it the way does. they collect it. Does. It. it does okay. not look like this, this could be real. Like it there is. should be some kind of machine or, or mm. you know, labor that we're not paying well enough for something to do it. No. But it was like wild to me. Yes, that it you're is. basically hooking up a spigot to that a tree. That concept is And bizarre. it just comes yeah. out and it was amazing. Now the whole thing with drilling and then hanging the bucket, that's old school. Okay. It's traditional. Okay. It is not how it's done. On 
on on major on a large scale. But the whole concept is the same. Now they use it's actually a little bit better for the tree. It's gentler, um, and they just use rubber, uh, not rubber, um, plastic tubing and Uh, things like that. Okay. So it's a little bit different, but the concept is the same. Yeah, yeah. No, that old school hanging the bucket, you totally could. And I bet you anything, there are people who, you know, just for fun, if they live in that area, that they do the drill and the hanging the bucket. Yeah, I think it definitely makes a better YouTube video to do it that way. Yeah, but check this out. You need 40 liters of the sap to get one liter of the syrup. Dang. And it is, so I think you, you just said it, but... It is, this is kind of a renewable resource. This isn't like killing yes, trees. Yes, no, exactly. Not, the trees can okay. handle it. And That's they, what's really cool. And it okay. would be detrimental. I mean, it'd just be sad for the tree. But also, if your idea is to get to get the sap, you're not going to hurt the tree because the tree is helping you. So, yeah. um, so as long cool. as you take just the amount that you need, but let the tree still be healthy, then all yeah. is well in the world and uh, cool. it is sustainable. And I am actually a big maple syrup user of that pure 100%. Because, mm, yeah, don't 100%. get the, like, yeah. the, you know... No, Mrs. Butterworth or no, whatever no, that says not it's maple, maple syrup. <laughs> no, it is not. It totally is not. different. It's corn syrup with food coloring. It, it probably doesn't even have any real maple syrup no. at all in Mm-mm. it, right? This nope. is wild. No. Nope. Yeah, but the good stuff. Yeah, I'll put it just a little uh-huh. dash of my smoothies if I'm if I'm like really kale heavy or you know all veg. I'm like, yes. yeah, I need just a little something, or I'm not going to be able to get this down. And maple syrup's always my it's go-to. So, good. so I'm glad to know that it has mm-hmm. these other minerals. That's good. For yeah, it me. is. I just knew it was a kind of a cleaner, you know, uh, sh- sweet source. Mm-hmm. So instead of just putting raw sugar in there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, well, cool. Thank you so much You're for welcome. sharing. You're welcome. It's fascinating. All right, I'm going to share an article. This is uh, Japanese philosophies that help you spend money consciously. This is by uh, Raul Chowdhury, I believe, from Hurley.com. So he, I love this article. Um, he talks about all these different philosophies, and they're not necessarily all about money, but they phrase them in a way um, to help you think about money, which I love. So the first one is... Chisoku, and uh, I apologize for my pronunciation of some of these words, but I'm going to try my best. Um, Chisoku talks about being content with what you already have. So, need is limited, but want can be infinite. Now, a lot of these are uh, not rocket science or a brand new concept, but a very good reminder. Um, We often end up buying more things necessary than we um, can ever Um, handle. We are um, sold by clever marketing or we just get caught up in temptation. So uh, this is just another way to remind yourself to be content with what you already have. You don't need that new shiny object. Uh, The next one is Wabi Sabi. So you actually, Karen, talked about this in episode 54, another old school retro um, word. But I love this because um, it talks about finding beauty in imperfection. So that is what Wabi Sabi means, but relating it to material things and money as as things age and decay, they become more beautiful. So you don't need that new wallet or purse. The one that you have that is a little bit worn actually makes it more beautiful and has more 
character, more meaning to you. So I love that. I love looking at that and looking at it in such a new way. Um, the other one is matate. Matate teaches us that every object has more than one purpose. So this isn't just talking about one-use kitchen items, although it does also talk about that, but it talks about the second R and the infamous reduce, reuse, and recycle. So it's reusing something, reusing a glass jar that you got some product in, reusing a glass bottle for, as a vase, all these different things. I love this article so much. Definitely check it out. The Japanese philosophies that help you spend money consciously. Oh, I love this. I yeah. love this. Oh, it helps me and it helps just the whole idea of I've recently I'm going through and I'm cleaning a lot in my house mm. and I'm finding these old things and or just thinking about my house. My house was built in 1949 and just appreciating it mm -hmm. for what it is and these things and holding off on replacing things with new things that I don't need. So yeah. this is an awesome yeah. reminder. If, if, yeah, if it's working <sighs> fine, you don't need necessarily. And we were actually, before the show, we were talking about water bottles, you know? And yeah. I was like, I do have a water bottle. It's maybe not the perfect size. And I lost the one that was mm -hmm. the perfect size, but I don't really need a new one. I have yeah. something that works. So I have it, and I just love because you do know these things, but when you kind of relate it to a philosophy, you change your mindset mm -hmm. that I am just a person that practices wabi-sabi, and this helps me yeah. in so many different ways. I love that approach to it because it makes it, to me, a little more meaningful and tangible. In some way, I'll actually yeah. use it versus just saying, ah, I just don't need new things because I have old right. stuff, you know? Right. It just, it kind right. of reframes your mind. And it doesn't talk about just being frugal. Like that's mm -hmm. not the, the, the purpose of this article or these philosophies, because it, it is all about spending money on things that bring you joy. Mm. So um, experiences or things is totally fine but just being a little more conscious about what you're doing and why you're spending the money. So yeah. I thought it was really cool. Cause oh. it's not just like, don't spend. Just right. don't spend money, save right. it all. Blah, blah. That's kind of, mm. that can get boring, that can be too hard and like overwhelming to somebody. Yeah. So I love this approach so Mindfulness. much. Mindfulness, yeah. yes, thank you so much. You're very welcome. My cool sheet is art and culture. Something to do with art and culture. Oh, I love this. This is Project 562. This is created by Matika Wilbur. Project 562 is a multi-year national photography project. It is dedicated to photographing over 562 federally recognized tribes in the United States. That's where that number comes from. The project is updated regularly on her website, project562.com. And ah, these photos, they are absolutely stunning. Some of the most stirring and beautiful photographs I have ever seen in my life, actually. So be sure to check this out. Her style is a mix of black and white and color with the subjects being in the foreground in color and background, which is usually a landscape is in black and white. And it's not just the photos that make this project so special. Project 562 is an unprecedented display of oral histories along with the images that accurately portray contemporary Native Americans. Thus far, Matika has visited members of over 300 sovereign nations throughout 40 states, as far northwest as Alaska, southwest in Arizona, southeast in Florida, northeast in Massachusetts, and most of the states in between. 
through her lens, along with her connection to these people, we are then able to see the diversity, the vibrancy, and the realness of Indian country. Part of Matika's goal is to show these stories and then challenge and surpass stereotypical representations. She hopes that Project 562 will refresh the national conversation about contemporary Native America. For example, there's this gorgeous photo of young Bazanoni Tso, a Navajo, sitting in front of the holy San Francisco peaks near Flagstaff, Arizona. And these peaks are part of the Navajo people's four sacred mountains. And this is in response to the city of Flagstaff and their proposed use of what they want to do with reclaimed water. So please take a look at Project 562. Oh, this is so cool. So <laughs> you talked about their podcast, right? This yeah. is from their podcast. And what's the name of it again? Yeah, the uh, Real um, uh, Relations. Oh my gosh, I'm, you know what it's like <laughs> on the spot. Um, yes, um, we'll put our it. Real Relations. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes, I think that's. Um, so as I was like gathering notes for the website and things like this, and I was t finding out more information about the host, I was like, oh, well, that's definitely a cool sheet. Oh, yes. Maybe I should talk to Karen and see if I could talk. And I'm like, oh, no, wait. She did say that one of these people, she was going to yes. be a future cool sheet. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, this has got to be it because this project is amazing. Yes. So I'm so glad uh. to see it again this week. Uh, to see you talk about it. Oh, for oh, sure. Because <laughs> sure. it is so great. Um, yeah, and I was mesmerized. It, you just, like, the second you look at it, you're like, mm. oh, click, what's this about? And then that's it. Just say goodbye to an hour at least. Oh, yeah. Of just pure joy because mm -hmm. it's beautiful. It's informative. Yes. Uh, it's so many different things. It checks so many different boxes of things that I yeah. love. Um, and I just really enjoyed my experience there. Yeah. So I can't wait. I know. Uh, to check it out even further. And I love it right now. So we're in November 2021. There's been about 300, but we know it's Project 562. So we know there's a lot more to come. Mm. So, ah, oh, so it just, cool. the richness, the, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's so good. And yeah, I can't wait to keep checking it out. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. You're that. welcome. Appreciate it. All right, I'm going to be talking about a podcast. And this podcast is called Once Upon a Timeline. So uh, Once Upon a Timeline is a creative editing podcast by the people that run Inside the Edit. So I talked about Inside the Edit in episode 160 on our podcast. Um, now, the, that is a subscription-based uh, website and online training portal where you can learn how to be a better editor. The great thing about this podcast is that it is free uh, and it has great tips on editing as a professional. But I also think that um, hardcore movie lovers would love this. I think film students would like this. Uh, people that uh, love film theory, maybe the people that listen to the commentators track when watching a film. Um, I think storytellers would like it because a lot of editing, you're weaving a story from footage. So how to tell a better story. Um, I think you can gleam a lot of insight from this, even if you're not a professional editor, but if you are, then of course this podcast is for you. And that's why I love it, because I edit as my day job. So it's a weekly podcast. Um, they do take a break, um, but they just started the third season, and there's um, 20, maybe 19, 20-ish per season, so there's a backlog right now, and it's ongoing. Um, these episodes include the power of edit 
editing, the greatest fallacy in editing, editing uh, essential skills for the self-shooter. Very good one, very specific, but very good. How design character behavior, um, how to design character behavior on screen. So again, this is where I think you could get more insight on just how you're, they're telling this character's behavior on screen, how that process, I think it can make you enjoy film better. Um, how pro, um, they, he has different pro editors on his podcast, so then it'll go more in depth of their process and things like that. Uh, method cutting, cutting in character, cultivating memories for editing, how to streamline our sequence, journalistic compression, uh, building creative freedom, sharpening our will. Um, so many different things. I ran out of time. Just definitely, if you like film, it might be worth a look to check out Once Upon a Timeline. I will say as not an editor, yeah. or at least very much, I love the idea of this as just like seeing behind the scenes because of yeah. course I love watching movies, I love watching videos, and just seeing how people do it, how you do it, how all of these. Yeah, how they do I it. think it, you know, and the one thing when I talked about Inside the Edit, I was like, yeah, this is pretty niche for mm -hmm. filmmakers and mm -hmm. for editors, and it is. Um, but the podcast, I think, is a lot more open to just oh, film cool. lovers, storyteller, like I yeah, said, all of yeah. those things that I think might gleam. And you might look at one and like how to, you know, construct a timeline. That might not be as interesting. But this like building mm -hmm. character, yeah. you know, some of these more universal topics, I think, would be really interesting for a lot of different people. So Right, right. So yeah. is the podcast on regular podcast outlets as well as YouTube or is it just um, I don't know. I don't audio. think it's on YouTube at all. Okay. I think it's just your favorite podcast app, whatever you okay, get. Yeah, if yeah. you look for Once Upon a Timeline, you'll find it there. Um, I think it's on all of those. Um, you might check though. I'll put a link on our show notes if it does have a YouTube channel mm -hmm. as well. But it would be audio only if it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, as far as I know, he doesn't do any kind of video um, into that. Mix. Gotcha. Which is very interesting. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> yeah, about video, he's a video guy. <laughs> yeah. And but it's a great source of information. It's like I said, if you are an editor, it's a gold mine. Mm -hmm. A gold mine of free information of creative editing that is just not really found. And that's why I like the website so much. There's a lot about how to use this button, 10 best shortcuts, you know, how to use Final Cut, how to use Premiere, how to use Avid. Mm -hmm. There's all of that, but there's nothing about the actual creative process. Gotcha. And like what makes a good story, how to craft yeah. that as an editor. And again, that's in anything in the world. We're telling stories right now on mm -hmm. this YouTube channel. So right. I think we can glean info from it. And I yes, think a lot of yes. people out there can. So, exactly. Yeah. And this is a good reminder that we are on both YouTube and yes. on all of the podcast platforms. platforms. Yes, absolutely. So, so thank you for that. <laughs> You're very and welcome. thank you for joining us. This has been 10 Bestest. I'm Karen McFarlane Holman. I'm Brian Hart. And please join us next week. We have always wonderful episodes every week so yep. subscribe share with a friend yes do all those things for us it really does help us out and it we does. really appreciate it so thank you and don't forget to stay curious want to learn more about this week's cool sheets head on over to 10 bestest that's 10bestest.com for links to all of our cool sheets and sign up for our monthly newsletter with bonus cool sheets and other fun stuff 10 Bestest will be back with an all-new episode next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern.